Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio is a podcast created to seek the truth by interviewing researchers of the unknown. From the primitive areas of America to the wilds of other countries worldwide, we believe that the answer to the Bigfoot phenomenon and other high strange lies within the investigators pursuing these mysteries. Join me, Lauren Smith, as I delve into the experiences and methods of those questing for answers to things that most don't even know exist. Often witnesses themselves, they are knowers and seekers of the truth, just like you. Good evening and welcome to Night Colors Bigfoot Radio. You're here with your hostess, Lauren Smith. And tonight I have Ron Moorhead back on my show after quite a while. I haven't had him on since I met him in Beachfoot. So I'm really excited to see what he's been working on um, and hear how his thoughts have expanded since Quantum Bigfoot. Uh, If you have any questions for Ron, please type them in all caps in the chat and I will relay them as I can. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I know a lot of you view the channel um, and support me, but don't forget to like, subscribe, drop a review um, or comment, especially if you're listening to this on a podcast, those reviews, those comments, that's what boosts me so that other people that like the show can hear me as well. So if you have a question, type it in all caps. Don't forget to go show some love on Ron's stuff as well. Okay, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and bring him on. Thank you. All right. How are you doing tonight, Ron? I'm just fine. Thank you. I'm in my awesome. prime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I know. it's. Uh, you said you're good for the night, so I assume that this is, you know. Well, that, that has a limit to it. <laughs> <laughs> same here. Same here. I, yeah. I go to bed surprisingly early for, for my age, um, yeah. you know. But I also sleep in really late. Like, I, I'm not a morning person. I never have been. I wish I could be. That would be amazing. I hear they're successful people. All right, so I have had you on my show a couple times now over the years, um, since before Quantum Bigfoot, and then I think right after you published Quantum Bigfoot. Um, and we had a great discussion back then about the Sierra Sounds and about Quantum Bigfoot. Um, tonight, I do want to cover other things. However, Quantum Bigfoot is still very, very, very relevant in the Bigfoot community. Um, as I shared with you before the show, I have a very open platform. I'm very open to um, hardcore on the ground researchers. And then I'm open to the more open-minded researchers as well. I have a platform that supports all research avenues because I believe that's how we're going to sign. Sorry. That's how we're going to solve this mystery. So when it comes to, this is the big one. um, When it comes to Bigfoot going invisible, Mm. Oh, right off the bat, huh? (laughs) Right off the bat. I'm going to get into it, the nitty gritty, and let you go. But um, I have uh, the old school researchers, it seems to just get up their back and they just tense up and they're like a cat, you know? And, uh, but the the other researchers who have witnessed it or who have researched this, um, you have the answer to this question. I have my suggestion because it's all based on physics. Right. And uh, first of all, we have to get into the basics of what we are. We're all energy, frequency, and vibration. I hope everybody agrees with that. Even the old researchers who are flesh and blood people, you know, <laughs> in the old camp where I used to be. But once you understand quantum physics, you understand that as the most minute part of our existence, we're energy vibrating at a frequency. 
Einstein says if you can find that frequency, you can change matter. I think that's how miracles are done. So <clears throat> my point is in 1933, Dr. Paul Dirac won the Nobel Prize for antimatter. It's the direct change between energy and matter. Matter and energy are interchangeable. That's the physics. And you ask a physicist that, and he'll have to agree to it because it's fact in physics. Regular science won't because they're not made in that realm of thinking. However, the math in quantum physics says that energy and matter are interchangeable. And all physicists agree with that. At least I think they do. Uh, Einstein certainly did. And uh, anyway, uh, you figure that out and you, it kind of answers a lot of questions because if you got these things can find the frequency to change their matter into energy, and that's what happens even when we die, when our body dies, our frequency you know, continues on with our consciousness. This energy can't die. But if you, if you have an ability through a frequency to change your matter uh, you, into energy, you wouldn't be able to be seen any longer. And your, your trackways would stop, too, because you wouldn't have the density. So that's in a, kind of a nutshell, but a, it's a scientific explanation of how they can disappear, how anything can disappear if they find the right frequency. It just goes out of our perception. We see within uh, 430 and 770 terahertz, that's our light's frequency. Even light has a frequency. You get out of that frequency, you don't see anything. However, some cameras can pick up that, and some people can see that, like in the form of a ghost or something like that. You'll see there's so many things going on outside of our visible frequency of light that uh, you don't see it unless you have the special good eyes that sees energy. So there. <laughs> <laughs> so much more going on than what we don't, that we can't see. There's things all around us right now probably that we just don't see. Uh, and if you can't see it, uh, well, its trackways are going to stop too because of density. So I think that answers the questions because it hit me one time when my daughter had a sighting. We found the trackway and then it just stopped. And I've been hearing these reports for a long time. The trackways just stopped. Or here's a tra one track right in the middle of nowhere. How does that happen? Well, it happens because they have that ability through their frequency. They can they can develop the frequency. Somehow they have that aptitude or that, uh, not aptitude, but that, uh, yeah, attribute uh, to change their energy their matter into energy and also come back. So that's my answer to that one. I'm not sure they all have that ability, mm -hmm. but the ones that are disappearing in front of people's eyes, which I've just talked to too many people that's witnessed that and they're very credible. Some of them, most of them. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them, they got candles lit all around you, you know, and they're, they got all this stuff hanging uh -huh. around, jewelry hanging from the ceiling and stuff. Well, you know, you got to question what they're saying, but when they're a suit and tie person who takes you aside and, and really serious, uh, you know, that's, uh, you, you hear so many of those reports and first thing you know, you just got to pay some attention to it. So right. my quest was to see the science behind how things go invisible. They just go out of our perception. I could see oh. that. Um, you mentioned in your research, the brief research I did on your research um, about the pineal gland mm -hmm. and how does that apply to Bigfoot research? Um, specifically? I think it applies to humans more than anything. And if right. you get that connection, you're able to have the right frequency within you to allow them to communicate with you either through mind speak or through your own, through they let you because they come into your, they lower their density into our three-dimensional environment. And uh, a pineal gland, as we all know, is inside of our head. 
it's the receiver, I think, for the universe, for our collective consciousness that we're all part of, that we sometimes don't realize that, but we are. That pineal gland receives, but it's directly connected to the heart. So you have to get the heart and the brain in coherence because your outside brain, your analytical brain is, is conditioned by our environment. It's conditioned by people that have conditioned you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some people think that because there's a, a clown out in front of your yard on Thanksgiving or something that you're, you're Satan or something, you know, or you're worshiping Satan, but I'm saying this. Uh, you get those in coherence because your heart's going to receive that information through the pineal gland. Then up into your brain. Now your subconscious brain has got to be in coherence with your heart so that you make the right decision. A lot of times your your analytical mind is going to talk you out of what your gut feeling is. Like we have a gut feeling and you should pay attention to your gut feeling. That's how I see it. I agree. I agree completely. Um, Brandon said, I love Ron's way of describing things because it makes you think. Um, I think I, I agree with that, but I also think making us think, making us get out of our little box and get into a more uncomfortable space and start thinking about things differently. I think that's really important in the field that we're all in with, um, whether it be a Sasquatch research or paranormal research, anything of the weird and odd and um, strange, high strange. Um, So I wanted to know, bringing it back, the Native American tales there are of... uh, basically a rite of passage that if a Bigfoot is able to bend light or do whatever they do to change their energy and become invisible, that it's a rite of passage into adulthood. Can you tell me about that? Uh, no, I had to get a Bigfoot to tell you about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's, a, that's a saying I know, but uh, I, I have heard a lot of reports of them having to earn their, earn their right to well, they, they toy with people. And the young ones, I think, are always doing that. They were the one I'm doing with us up there. And I think that they're trying to earn the rite of passage through showing you how they can fool you. <laughs> and they do fool you. I mean, they toy with you. Uh, they don't interfere with you so much. They interfere with us. But uh, right. I just don't know uh, the whole story behind why. Uh, other than I didn't. I was too analytical at that time in my life to understand how how mind speak works you know how frequency works and all that and so i probably wasn't on the right frequency for them to communicate that way and I, if they did i wouldn't have realized it because i thought it was me thinking up something on my own uh so maybe they were trying to and this is according to the crypto linguist slow their speech down when i was trying to communicate with them mm-hmm. uh, to something that uh, i might understand because it's definitely slower than the rapid articulation they had in 71 72 74 is when i encountered them outside of our shelter which was unusual and uh, it was just me and another friend of mine up there we packed some supplies in on mules and horses and we were at our camp these things already got to the camp before we got there now, that's pretty unique that was and I, mm-hmm. I i know that's true i got evidence that supports that i wrote about that in my first book i think voices in the wilderness uh, but yeah, they were there. Then they started cracking their rocks and wiping on this and wiping on that and, and whooping back and forth. And I started recording it. And it's on my second CD, and I got those sounds. Uh, well, I got them. I was just very fortunate that night. In fact, they were very bold. That's the night I got to see a glimpse of one, and so did Bill, my friend. Uh, very, 
very unique night for me and him too. These things are extremely elusive and or they're just not around to see. I mean, they're around, but you don't see them. Right. So there you go with the invisible thing again. So I don't know if they were cloaking around us or what's the reason? Because they were so close to us sometime. We should have seen more than what we'd seen. We set up camera traps, but they never worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just didn't work. And of course, we were dumb then. Not that we're very much smarter now, but we've, we've come yeah. a long way with understanding, I think. And right. we're starting to understand these things and the uniqueness of them. They're very, uh, very intuitive. Uh, very. Uh, I think they've been here longer than Homo sapiens, really. I think that they have some of them. They're not all the same, in my opinion, but I think they've been uh, manipulated by uh, alien intervention into the genome of a, of a primate. And I think they've been given certain attributes that uh, that they're they're showing and we were too we were we were given those attributes we were created by a very high frequential being and uh, it takes a high frequential being to do any of this stuff and uh, aliens uh, in that dimension which is a very high ninth dimension i believe uh can can manipulate things and uh they have done that uh, hybridization, hybridized this whole planet for years, I think, eons, really. And uh, so I think, you know, because I've been in Nepal, I've been, we've we, we researched the uh, the Yeti, the uh, oh, the different ones around the world a little bit. And they're different, and they have different things going on with them. I don't think they all have the mentarsal break, like, like uh, most people think, well, if they don't have a mentarsal break, it's not a big foot. Well, everybody wants to claim it's a Bigfoot by the Patterson film, which is good, I think. Nothing wrong with that, except mm-hmm. I think that is one that's been, I'm going to call it, diluted down from uh, crossbreeding with humans. That's what the native lore says, too, that they crossbreed with, with their tribe. They also said they're spirit beings who can disappear. Well, they live in two worlds, they say. Where does that come from? <laughs> you know, that's native lore and mythology. And if there's a core truth to it, then you got to kind of examine that, and maybe that's what's going on. They can do that, but how do they do it was, was my challenge, and I think I got to that one with Dr. Paul Dirac. Uh, so anyway, I, I really like the Native American look at things. They're, they got a lot of, they've been here longer than we have. Mm-hmm. And then you got, I, again, I went back to, I think that aliens have been here a long, long time before we were ever made. And we were, the, like I say, made the image of very high-frequency beings. So I try to tell people just how important that is, how important it is to be a human, because we're here to experience things. And that's that's our that's our challenge, is uh, not just to experience it, but to to respond properly to that experience and not be a victim. Too many people want to be a victim of things. And uh, I think if you, uh, if you realize that you're here for the challenge and you're here to grow, and you can change your high vibrational frequency mm-hmm. via your response to the challenge. I so agree you completely. You treat yourself as a victim. Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a huge believer in uh, getting rid of that victim mentality and being self-reflection, holding yourself accountable. Um, if you've messed up in your life, you know, pending murder or anything like that, if you've messed up in your life, you still have a second chance to redo that, to be better. And everyone deserves happiness. No matter what you've done, you do deserve <clears throat> happiness. Um, and again, changing that vibrational frequency, which I am all about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was going to ask, 
a question and then you got me started on vibrational frequencies. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, no, no. Um, so I, I too believe that, uh, cause I get this a lot. I've, I've spoken on a few different panels. I've done different shows and I'm asked, um, I'm asked different, basically, what do I think of cloaking? What do I think of these things? And I always tell people that my personal theory or just something to think about is that maybe these beings have access to a different part of their brain that we lost access to. Maybe we had this access one time, that 10% that we don't touch, but sure. the men who stare at goats and such do have access to that. Humans do have access, but not all of us maybe the Sasquatch kept, they retained that access. They obviously have access to their more primitive sides. Um, we lost all of that when we created the wheel, in my opinion. We, we started gradually losing the things that we had access to because we made lives more e life more easy for ourselves. And we lost our primal selves, the things that kept us alive and kept us afraid of the things in the dark. Okay. I believe that these creatures have access to that and therefore they may have capabilities that we don't have and can't fathom because we can't scientifically support it um although as you're saying with physics we can well quantum physics and spirituality are synonymous in my opinion i mean because you get into quantum physics uh, you get into because i was raised religiously so i know a lot about scriptures and how mm -hmm. all that goes and it really fits right in with those, that upbringing because we're all spiritual beings, whether we like it or not, you know, we're not going to die. Our spirit isn't going to die in you know, our soul, our consciousness, whatever, but our bodies will. And I, I believe also, which I didn't used to believe at all, but I do believe in uh, multiple embodiments that we have a chance to come back and, and challenge ourselves again with the same situation so we can respond better because we're all supposed to be made in the image of a high frequency being and be where they are. And that's, uh, I go, I get into the Anunnaki and all that stuff because you look into the cuneiform texts in the uh, upper Samaria, uh, upper Mesopotamia, excuse me, uh, for the Sumerians. And uh, you find that the Anunnaki were the powerful ones that came from the sky. They were big and they were doing things. They're this who opened up the awareness to a lot of things that we have. And uh, that's, that's when the Bible would speak of them as fallen ones. And so a lot of people take off from that. And uh, just about all uh, written languages are, are derived and have a core out of the, uh, the cuneiform text. And even our Hebrew Bible has. And uh, it's the interpretation of it and what king was in charge just depends on what is allowed into it or not. Because it's all about control by the government. Whatever government's in charge control the narrative. I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. And that can sound conspiracy theory to most. But if you do just a tiny bit of research and kind of just scratch the surface, um, yeah. it's a rabbit hole. But, it, you know, it's what we're yeah. raised to believe yeah. is a narrative. Um, and I think that everyone should do research and think for themselves before choosing to believe any religion or anything like that. I am a 100 percent. 100 percent. Yeah. 100. Yeah. Uh, what religions seem to uh well, they condition you, and especially yes. if you're raised in church when you're really young, yes. they try to condition you. But it takes us, it takes people to open their minds up a little bit and be open-minded to how things really happen. You got to do your own research to do that. Uh, I agree. I totally agree that people should do their own research. Don't take my word for this or not. Just look. Because what I say has some kind of a basis, you know, a fact. You know, there are cuneiform texts. There's 
thousands of them. And right. they learn how to, to crack that code and, and wow, you know, you learn a lot and you just got to keep learning because like I say, when you're green, you grow and when you're ripe, you rot. So. <laughs> yes. Yes. I agree with that. I love that quote. Um, that's a great quote. Um, I'll tell everyone, you know, my, my thing is, um, my, my great aunt is a Catholic nun. And I went through a crisis of faith in my early twenties where I started feeling that the church did not resonate with me, that, that religion did not resonate. And I was just right. having this huge crisis of faith because I was born and raised in the church and Methodist. And, um, I sat down with her and she's, she, first of all, she does not call him God. She does not call that any, her deity, she does not call it that. She calls it her creator, which right. should have told me right off the bat. She was very open-minded. Um, but she said, Lauren, she said, religion is a finger pointing at the moon. Everyone's so busy looking at the finger that they do not see the moon. And that is how she introduced me to the concept of spirituality and basically assured me that it is okay to be spiritual and not religious as long as... Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it just amazes me to this day that she's a Catholic nun and she's retired now, but um, still does mm -hmm. works in a homeless shelter and does her good works and everything. But she's she was an amazing person. And I wish that everyone in their life had someone like her to kind of <clears throat> tell them it's OK not to be mainstream with that and that you can be more open minded about things, even if it doesn't go with how you were raised. So, right. That's on so to true. the next. So yes. True. Very okay. good. Yeah, everybody, yes. should, everybody should go with the principle of love and compassion for other people, yes. and that raises yeah. your vibrational frequency. And we got to get to those levels before we're going to, well, before we kick the bucket. Right. You hope <laughs> you get gonna, to those levels. We're going to have to come back and kick that bucket again, I think. Until... Yes, I truly believe that. You know, that's why I preach kindness yeah. on this show. And I actually had a listener call me out the other day. Um, oh on not being kind and open-minded about this topic particularly. And I, you know, at first I was a little bit offended and then I came back and I really self-reflected and thought about it. And I said, you know what? My reaction was flippant. It was not very stay safe, be kind of me. Um, so I appreciated that listener for holding me accountable to what I preach on this channel. I use the word preach because I'm always harping at everybody to be kind and open-minded. <laughs> um, so to that listener, I say thank you. Um, and I, I do try to leave an open platform for people mm. to open their minds gr just Good. a little bit. Like just if this is not something okay. that you're into, you have the option to go listen to another episode with a different researcher that is flesh and blood science. Um, mm. But if you want to just think outside the box for one hour, one hour, that's all I ask. Just for an hour, set aside your flesh and blood, set aside your woo, all of that, and just expand your mind. See what happens in your research after that, because I think you should be able to try new things in your research. Um, expand your third eye. It can't hurt you. It'll be great. <laughs> um, so you have come a long way. You did the Sierra. Well, you you were. Let's just start with the Sierra sounds because you were already out in nature. Um be you know backpack or horseback riding and everything off into the primitive wilds and now you're here all these years later you're sitting in front of me uh virtually which is a whole new thing also a you okay. know advancement but you're explaining that bigfoot can become invisible and that they do have higher capabilities um how has that process 
happened for you over the years? Like, was it, <sighs> did you ever think he would be sitting here talking about this today? The you of the Sierra sounds time frame. Never, 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 never. I, I, I thought there was just an ape out there that hadn't been discovered too. you know, some kind of an undiscovered animal. We didn't know. I didn't have any idea how the mysteries that were going on with us at that camp could be actually solved. It's just up in the woo somewhere, you know, and, but when you hear your, what you think is all your supplies being tore out of the barrels that we had packed in up there and clothes and everything being spread around, well, you look out there later, nothing's changed. Well, how do you explain that? They hypnotize us all or they have some kind of sound device? No, that wasn't the case. And, and then in the daytime, you hear, I mean, there's so many mysteries. I write about these, but it just, that's what brought me to quantum physics. And it was a slow process. It wasn't like it was something that just, uh, hit me like a ton of brick or something. It just, you know, I, like I say, I, I was raised spiritually. So the first thing I started doing is looking in the Bible and seeing well, where giants come from. These are giants. And one of the guys, you know, he was very religious too. And he just wouldn't go back uh, up there. In fact, that's how I got into the camp. The guys were late coming out. And he wanted, he wouldn't go back by himself. He got scared off so bad. And these things have a huge amplitude, huge voice and a huge footprint <laughs> it's just mm -hmm. it's, it would scare you but when you're back in there all by you know you can't get out i mean not really at night this is happening and you're sitting there with your guns ready but uh, nothing ever happened that way which i'm so glad and it's kind of all the mysteries going on when you think you hear a car door slam right out there and you think you hear a herd of horses coming down at you and none of that's really happening just they play with you and uh I, I don't know how they create that other than they have a very expansive vocal mechanism and they can make just about any sound they want to make. That's what leads me to think their frequency, they have a way of getting their frequency into the right vibration to change their matter into energy and disappear. So there. <laughs> um, I didn't well, even answer your question. What was your question? <laughs> <laughs> that was the question. Um, basically, just how you came from, like you said, it was a gradual process. It wasn't any mm -hmm. one um, event that led you to explore uh, less ape <clears throat> ape theories to um, invisibility theories. Um, but that that was kind of my question because I've had you know, I've done, so you're my 345th Bigfoot researcher to come on this show. Well, I guess I've had you on a couple of times. So you're my 345th interview with a Bigfoot <laughs> researcher. Um, and out of those in the past 10 years, I'd say more and more of them are finding themselves having experiences or talking to witnesses who have had experiences with the less flesh and blood aspects of these beings. Mm -hmm. And the part that gets them is that it's, it's not just, I, cause I tell people, I'm like, it's not just Patty up there um, that makes Bigfoot a phenomenon. It's not just skunk ape over here. It's a, it's all these witnesses, right? So there's thousands of witnesses who have had the same experience in different states, different parts of the world. That's what makes the Bigfoot phenomena. Well, it's the same thing with these reports coming from these witnesses. They are having experiences that don't follow the usual Bigfoot witness report. Um, so that in itself makes it a phenomena. And then also you have these researchers who are flesh and blood, die hard, and the universe is 
proving them wrong. The universe is throwing <laughs> this in their face. Um, and it seems like the more you scoff at this, the more the universe is going to make you eat crow. Um, <clears throat> well, seems to be my experience as well as a couple I've interviewed. <laughs> Uh, in my opinion, nothing is just flesh and blood only, nothing living. Right. Uh, we are not just flesh and blood. What gives us our consciousness, what gives us our ability to have telepathy or telekinesis or any of those abilities that that we have, I mean, we're not always a remote viewing. We're, we're just not exercising those things. You mentioned this earlier, how they've gone recessed. That's because we've calcified probably our pineal gland and we just haven't, we're not receiving and not doing anything about it because we've been so conditioned with our outside brain to think, no, oh, it can't be. I wasn't taught that in fifth grade with Newtonian physics. But there's, there's modern physics, which is only a little over 100 years old, and that's where you got to go. You got to go to see how that works. Because according to Dr. Christopher Brayer at West Texas A&M, everything from the atom all the way through the cosmos works from the laws of quantum physics. So I got these signs. I'm writing another book right now, by the way, and talking about okay. this stuff more. Uh, so it's can be explained a little bit more a little more in depth and hope to get that out uh, for too much longer and uh, it'll answer even more of the questions that's what made quantum bigfoot so popular because it's very popular and i get rid of a lot of those things yeah. uh, things yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it answers the questions you know how come how come this ain't happening when you say in the name of jesus and then all of a sudden no that person didn't get healed and i said in the name of jesus that's all you got to do well there's more to it than that you know, you got the name of Jesus means the core of what he was teaching. You know, Jesus never said, worship me. He said, follow me. If you just read the red letter edition, you know, you find out a lot of nuggets in there that, that fit right in with quantum physics. Mm -hmm. you know, even though, well, I don't want to get religious on you. I'm not religious anymore. <laughs> <at all. laughs> I was going to ask, um, that's a very personal question to bring about on a large podcast, but, um, but you know, um, we all have our own journey over the years and um, whether, you know, you choose religion, spirituality, um, I think, you know, everybody should follow what they feel resonates with them as long as they follow, you know, not harming others, doing right, not wrong. I feel like it's whatever you want to follow. That's my yeah, personal and what you want to, Yeah. I, I was with a man today, just today who, well, first of all, before I went to his house, right, his neighbor has these ornaments of, uh, of you know, Halloween ornaments, you know, skeletons and witches mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And we made a comment. He's all those are the devil. <laughs> I'm not going to worship the devil. I don't because we went away. He didn't have some. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I, <laughs> come on. It's where your heart is that counts, not what your right. outside condition has been. Yeah, we won't it. even go into how much Christianity mirrors paganism and how they oh, have taken goodness. several pagan holidays and pagan yeah. traditions and turned them into Christian holidays Ooh. and traditions. We will skip all of that for this okay. podcast. However, Good. if you ever want to come back on and we want to have that conversation, I'm more than happy to. No, um, that like is a personal your, pet peeve. Wherever you put your energies, where your wherever you put your brain I and agree. your talk is where your energy is going to go. And the I least agree. amount of energy you can give into that subject, the better off you'll be. And everybody hears it. That's why you should always think good and talk good because it creates that energy that helps you. Yes. And negative energy will pull from you. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I have a fairy goth mother is what I call her. And she is always telling me, Lauren, baby girl, your words have power. Watch what you say to people. Watch what you say out loud. Stop it. Yes. And then she also gets on to me for um, 
she when she calls me when I get passionate about things, um, I expel that energy out at people. And she said, you kind of turn into a prickly cactus and nobody wants to pick you up when you're being passionate and prickly. So I kind of have to learn to like rein my energy back and not blast everybody in the in the perimeter. Um, Cryptidville had a great way of saying it. We are spiritual beings having a physical experience, which I love. Perfect. I love that. Yeah. I love that very much. Um, okay. We had a question up here that I wanted to get to real quick from Joe Fox. And I think it's a very great question if you have the answer to it or if you could ruminate on it a little bit for us. Does Ron think an encounter can be manifested? Anything can be manifested. That's Apparently, I'm not manifesting hard enough because I've been at it for 20 years. <laughs> well, <laughs> Maybe, I think I think I really just I think inside I just don't want to see one. I think I do, but I, well, I think I don't. Well, there's your doubt. The uh, <laughs> well, uh, can it be manifested? Yeah, I think they can. I mean, I think wherever you put your energy and your thoughts is what's going to happen. Uh, that sounds ridiculous, but it's it's quantum physics. You create your own environment basically and that's hard to get your head around but there's been times in my life i don't know why i'm gonna bring this up but when all of a sudden you could have went this way but you went that way and that made more sense over here but i went that way instead i think we changed timelines at that point you know, mm -hmm. i think there's different timelines going on and otherwise you create a paradigm or i mean a, a paradigm shift so time is only in our linear environment this 3d stuff we're going through uh, there's other dimensions out there and i think well, I get off on this subject too much, but it's just fun. I like this. It's a lot of fun. Go for it. I love, Go for I love it. being on programs like this because I can spill it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have to say, you know, going from who you, who you came across to be 10, 20 years ago, you were, um, you've always been kind of a big name because of the Sierra sounds and the other research and adventures, you know, and, and works that you've authored all of that. Um, so for me to have it be you that really opened the door to people being able to read quantum Bigfoot and, and study up on this and be more accepting of it. I think I'm very glad that it was you. And Thank I don't you. say that to be a suck up. I say um, <laughs> we needed a big name. And we needed someone trustworthy. Sierra sounds have been proven to be authentic and legit. No hoax, no faking. That was legit, an experience that happened to you. And it changed the game for Bigfoot just as much as the Patty film. Um, and I, I think that I'm glad that it was you. I'm glad that it was someone believable, someone authentic, um, and someone who has good energy about it, you know, that's bringing this across. You're not shoving it down our throats. You're bringing logical information to us. To accept or not accept, that's up to everyone else. Well, that's a nice thing to say. Yeah. And I, I'm glad I'm the person because, I mean, somebody's got to do it. <laughs> and yeah. Somebody needs to do this because religion has just put people in boxes and conditioned them yeah. so much in this way and that way. Well, we got a war going on right now over in the Middle mm -hmm. East. It's all about, a lot of it's about religion. And that goes all the way back to, to Abraham, you know, when mm -hmm. the land that the Israel, well, we won't get into politics either, but. <laughs> Israel was also supposed to be given uh, that land. Of, uh, sorry, it's a whole thing. Um, it's all another thing, but it's it a, is. It's but a, you know, I've had goes all the way back to that. You know, the right. two twins coming out of Rebecca's womb. Yeah. I had. Um, I recently was on a panel 
and I had a person in the in the crowd, and this was in um, a state, a southern state that, you know, in the Bible Belt, and I had this person in the crowd, and she stood up bravely, and she asked about cloaking and visibility, about energy frequencies. She asked about this, and out of everyone on this panel, no one was very supportive of it, which is fine. It's a It was a scientific, more scientific-minded researcher panel, but the person one person in the in the panel just shut it down immediately as I'm religious, I'm a minister. And, um, you know, when they said basically there are there, that's not demonic and there's no demons and the, they just like shut it down. They put it in a little religious box and then they shut it down. And that was the end of the conversation. And mm. it did not give her an answer. It, it minimized her situation. And so I went into my I believe that they could have higher brain function, higher capabilities than we do. You know, I kind of tried to soften that up a little bit, but it just kind of, it, it, it more than irked me a little bit that um, it just boop, boop, boop. Okay. Well, you know, because of religion, it, that doesn't exist. Demons don't exist. And, and so Bigfoot, you know, it's not a demon. It's not demonic. It, it doesn't have any superpowers or anything because it, you know, it, that's not what the Bible says. And it just... I was in disbelief that that was the answer. That was the end of the conversation. That's too bad. That's not called an open mind at all. That's called no. conditioning. You know? And uh, yeah. again, if people just research it themselves, they don't have to hear it from somebody else like you and me. They just need to research it themselves. Right. My first clue was when I tried to find out how a camel could go through the eye of a needle. Now, that sounds strange, but that's biblical, right? It's easier right. for a camel to go through. Well, look what the, what the word camel it's translated that if you get into Hebrew, the same word for rope is the same word for camel. So there's just a little mistake right there, but it's enough to let you know there's our mistakes. It's easier for a rope, if you think about it, to go through the island needle. It's not easy at all, but that's what they're suggesting, I think. Right. Then a camel. I've heard all these stories, but I've never even found anybody that knows where the gate is that, that camel's supposed to be able to go through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I, I just, I think there's a lot of people, I, I think people fear these beings being more than flesh and blood. They're already, they, they've they had an experience or talked to witnesses who have had experiences or they're uh, wanting to solve this mystery. And that's about as far as they can go. I think when they try to go past that, I think it's just, too much for them to handle. Um, I think they get scared. They shut it down. They they do not want to think about it being that. Like, I'll be honest, when it comes to Dogman, I believe in the witness reports and I believe in the research that people are doing, but I don't want to talk about it because I don't want it to be real. Um, and that's, that's me minimizing that, exactly what people do to the woo situation. So, um, yeah, it's... Anyway, um, so I think I had another question up here. Let me go look real quick. I think you already answered this. If Bigfoot has human DNA, can it be older than humans? I think you already spoke a little bit about the hybridizing of uh, well, let this. Me mention, let me add something to that, though. Okay, absolutely. Uh, I think this is through the work I've done. Is First of all, we got Dr. Curlin, Professor Curlin, the, uh, uh, the university sound engineer, who who did a study on our sound to start with, and it was uh, shown that they were inside, outside, below, and above the human range, all over the place, their vocalizations. 
and it showed that they hadn't been manipulated. They hadn't been changed or, drawn, or backed up or speeded up or slowed down or anything like that. They were real. Whatever made him represented an, an animal eight foot tall, at least a little snip that he checked that out with. Eight foot tall, that's bigger than most humans are. Then you've got Scott Nelson, the cryptolinguist, who says, who studied our sounds also, come back and says they have a language by the human definition of language. That means sapient speech like you and I are having right now. So you got those two things going on. You got Dr. Lieberman at Brown University says only humans have the component in their throat, the vocal mechanism for human speech. That right there puts them, we have, they have a component the same as humans. Now, what else they have? I don't know if a lot of, like you mentioned, a lot of our stuff has been recessed because of who we are and how we've been conditioned, but maybe they haven't been recessed. Uh, I don't know. There's one guy on here said he'd like to give me the word of God. Well, I'd like to hear that if there's something I'm saying that's not with the word of God. However, if you study the Kundalini, let me say this right quick. You study the Kundalini <laughs> text, you find the word God is not even mentioned in there. It's all Elohim. And now a lot of it's been translated singular. A lot of it's been translated depends on who wanted to say what and whatever text they were writing. But it's mentioned over 2,500 times. It's never anything but, but plural. And that's the word for God. It's plural. So that's like the fallen ones. And uh, in my opinion, there's a whole lot more of them, but they're not all bad. The ones that were went against the rule that they were not supposed to go. They were not supposed to interfere with human evolution. And they did. They showed us a lot of things. And that's all the way from the Anunnaki and the Sumerian Mesopotamian era. Um, anyway, I got that off my chest. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Um, these, I, these guys, I, 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 I know what right. comment you're talking about. I think he was talking about that minister. He would love to pick up oh. his sword of truth and, and go to battle with that person. Um, yeah, definitely. He was talking about that minister, um, which cryptid Villa field private message me. I can kind of give you a little bit more of a rundown on that. Um, but yeah, I think. Welcome to Nightcaller's archives. Before Nightcaller's became a vidcast on YouTube and Facebook, it was a live call-in show on Blog Talk Radio. We did things a little differently back then. It was a different time in the Bigfoot world. There were only a few podcasts, and Bigfoot was still taboo to talk about. We didn't have the TV shows, hundreds of Bigfoot groups and conferences, or funny memes that we have now. There were different times, folks. We've had many amazing hosts and knowledgeable guests over the years that helped get the Bigfoot community to where it is now. We hope you enjoy these older shows, as they are a phenomenal source of information and good times. If you hear a guest or host that you would love to see back on the current Nightcallers, please drop a comment. Enjoy the show! So there's a presentation that I give, and one of the things that I try to explain to people in that presentation is education is freedom from fear. And that goes for Bigfoot. That goes for anything in your life, really. But I dog, apply it in that situation too. to, to Dogman, too. It really <laughs> does. You're right. Um, yeah. And I give the example of snakes and my children. You've met my boys. Um, they they pick up the creepy crawlies, they bring them into my house and I had no <laughs> choice but to go educate myself on every way I could on snakes so that I could identify them and no longer continue to be afraid of them. Instead, right. now I get excited about them. So the same to me 
goes to Bigfoot. Instead of telling people or your kids that they are man-eating beasts and they're going to take your women and eat your babies and all of this stuff that we hear, treat them like anything you would in Mother Nature and show them respect. Do not fear them. Show them the respect that they are due as something who could take you out in Mother Nature. There's a lot of things in Mother Nature that could take me out. And I show them respect, a healthy respect. Um, dog man as well. I will do my due diligence and do my research on it. But um, yeah. <laughs> Well, fear is your only enemy. Fear is your enemy. Yeah. You control fear. Absolutely. Nothing's going to bother you. I mean, you're afraid of too many things or anything. You know, I went up to camp by myself uh, three times actually in my life. Mm -hmm. It isn't fun, believe me, because you got to, but I chased that fear away. I had to know that I could handle this. And it's almost like my fear of spiders. You know, I don't like spiders either. Yeah, I'm not a fan. <laughs> but, but, but I don't fear them anymore. I just stomp them out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, I don't like spiders. I've but I've tried my, to use the, the snake education on the spiders and educate myself. It just I was up there in 2011. That's the last time I heard uh, the chatter of Bigfoot. And I was up there by myself. And uh, that was a little concerning, I got to tell you, but I realized I can't let the fear bother me. So I was in a, inside, it was daylight when I heard this big whap right outside the tent. I write about this in Voices in the Wilderness, which by the way, they're doing a documentary on that, on that whole thing right now. Awesome. Hope you all about this time next year, probably. But <clears throat> I'm saying all that because I now think energy, they transfer their energy or their matter into energy and probably, and I, you know, it's going to sound weird to some people, but they they all they do this in trees. They can actually re-energize in trees, and they they can be in trees. I've had too many reports of that. People saying they saw them grow into a tree. They saw one come out of a tree. So it had to be four foot wide in the shoulders, but the tree was only two foot in diameter. Right. I mean, in a you know. So you got all that stuff going on by different witnesses, and you got to. I saw this on a guy's picture, film one time. He showed it to me. He wouldn't show it to anybody else, and. Uh, he was traveling along where they've been having Bigfoot activity. He just had his camera out the window of the car and take a picture. And when we got back, he started looking at everything and he seen this. I watched it. This little tree about this big around, this head comes out of it like that. His head was as big as that tree is around. How did it hide? How come you didn't see it on the other side of the tree? Report after report. I just got another one the other day of a guy who wanted me to explain that. How does that happen? Well, if they can transfer their matter into energy, that, that tells me that that may be what's happening. And they really get disturbed around us cutting trees. Clear cutting is where you get a lot of reports when people are clear yeah. cutting trees. I've so had they, experiences as well mm -hmm. as reports of uh, it went behind a tree and never came out. Mm -hmm. um, Ryan, my boyfriend, he did the same thing. Uh, his very first experience, I took him to Falk, Arkansas, handed him a night vision. It was his second Bigfoot camp out of his life. He wasn't into Bigfoot. He had no idea about this. Handed <laughs> him a camera. Um, my research partner and I stepped away to um, open our minds and our energies a little bit and just kind of discuss. And he comes back over 10 minutes later and he says, I think I saw something. And he was like, it took him 10 minutes to get the guts to come tell us because he thought we would say he was lying. But he saw something on the night vision, full extension, quadruped mode, full extension, jump behind a tree and he caught the flash of it jump behind a tree never came back out 
Um, same in Falk, same area. We had uh, paddled, canoed behind the gun range at Alex Smith Park. Bullet came over the berm and hit the tree above our heads. And it was that was terrifying enough. Um, but when it did that, someone else in another canoe saw something move and went behind a tree. Never came back out. We rode directly to that tree, went up to it, nothing. Looked behind it, nothing there. Um, and this third incident... I have a friend who uh, has gone on her shamanic journey. When you go on your shamanic journey, you uh, go to Middle or Middle Earth or Under Earth. I forget how she explained it, but basically, um, she has hypothesized that maybe the Bigfoot live in that realm, and that you know the base of trees is how you get into that Middle Earth area, and that is where they go. They just interdimensional go to that next middle earth and then they pop out in different places interesting yeah interesting yeah it's something to look into you know when you're bored <laughs> when you're bored not writing well no there's and... a whole big a lot of theories that they live in the ground underground mm -hmm. and uh that's really well i think they do when they're uh, in the well keep going you can go right down from the tree i never thought of that but yeah right. but there's also cave structures that they can get into that, uh, definitely and if they can walk well we can hypothesize all night long but oh yeah for sure <laughs> i don't know that we're ever going to prove anything but it's a lot of fun talking about it isn't it it is it you know, i mean you gotta kind of get out of your headspace a little bit um i know that you know i've done a lot of research over the years and i've done you know the flesh and blood research go out boots on the ground primitive camping um I, I i still do that that is what i do i go out and i do that but um i'll tell you the times when i have opened up my energy and i'm an empath and so i've i started just playing around with it because i kind of got to where i was just like why not I was like, I'm a researcher. I, I'm an investigator and you have to try new tools. And I have a tool. Um, this I have this skill. And so I was like, I'm just going to try it. What's the worst that could happen? I started having more experiences. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I haven't really shared that on the show before, but I started having more experiences. And then I had a very, um, I'm going to call him a good old boy, but he's one of my favorite people to research with. And one night he shared with me that he does the same thing. Mm -hmm. and that he start he was having experiences and then so we started doing that together and it started when we both realized that the infrasound or frequencies or whatever you want to call it that we were both getting hit harder than anyone around us and we had a very honest conversation about that and realized that we both had these empath abilities and that we could kind of use that in our research and so when we started doing that adding that in with with night vision and thermal and all the stuff we're already doing, we started having more experiences and more intense experiences than we did before Good. than just going out in the woods and beating on trees and such, you know, <laughs> <laughs> all that good stuff. Hi, Chris. Thank you for making it tonight. I got to meet Chris this past weekend. That's one of my favorite things about going to events is meeting, meeting the people who listen to my show. Um, so I got to meet Chris uh, as well as a few other people. It was very exciting. I was All right. going to see last weekend at a convention. Uh, oh, that's was it the I forget which one that was. Tennessee, uh, Tennessee Crypticon or something like that. Oh, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, I think that's yeah. what it was. It was in, I, uh, yeah. Just out of Nashville. 
Uh, by the way, somebody asked where I, I live in North Carolina right now. Okay. Yeah. So, um, uh, also, prior to that, I well, I've been all, I had a really busy summer. I, <laughs> I bet. You guys know who David Pilates is? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I had him up there in, in my camp at 2018 to do a filming. He put that on as a missing 401, The Hunted, mm -hmm. about 50, 15 minutes of it. And if they look at the episode right after mine about this tree hunter, this lady yes. who's tree hunting, she's seen yeah. that pixelated form going from one tree to another. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what I've heard so many other times. Uh, yeah. People seeing a pixelated form. Well, that's that's the energy, I think, of them going out. Uh, your theory on this or this thought about them taking the tree and go down to middle earth well that's a that's a good one <laughs> i never heard of that <laughs> you'll have to look into the shamanic journey and look into what i think it's it's not middle earth i think it's under earth or inner earth maybe um <sighs> i know two people I know two people who have gone on their shamanic journey and they're both going to kick me for not knowing what this term is because they both explained it to me. And, and, you know, it was just amazing the way they explained it. And again, it, she was hype. They were both hypothesizing about it. Um, but I want to say it was inner earth and it's kind of a dimension um, that you can visit. And I've had people talk about meditation and getting to that place um, and visiting that. And you can see beings there like Bigfoot or other cryptid like beings there that reside in this dimension. Um, but you, you go basically on the shamanic journey to see them. Um, so it would make, and now every, every time I see a hole at the base of a tree, um, just, you know, a big burl or a hole every single time I'm like looking at it, you know, just kind of like, what if a Did that squirrel go in there? He'd go somewhere else. I know. Did the squirrel just go to like outer space? Where? What? What is going to come out of that hole while I'm staring at it? And so I just kind of I, I side eye those little holes at the base of trees now every time I go hiking. So um, it makes for an interesting hike. I'll say that. You know, I've never seen anything come out of it or anything. Um, so we have just a few more minutes, and I know that you are working on another book. What appearances do you have coming up? in the next couple months, if any. Actually, I've, I've just finished my last uh, conference this year. I don't have anything scheduled next year. So I'm just working, finishing this book, actually, so I can get it out. I, I talked to another editor yesterday, and I just about got it ready. And uh, David Pilates is going to write the forward for me. So Amazing. Uh, it's going to be good, I think. It's, it's going to expound a little bit more on what I've got already, but... It'll get into more what we talked about tonight. The more, how do they cloak? How how does that happen scientifically? Right. How does that happen? Because if you don't believe in quantum physics, you, you're you're in a box. You're mm -hmm. just a, a Newtonian 1687 box. <laughs> and not that that's not important because that's our 3D world that we live in. But you got to right. get your mind outside of that and try to imagine the in the universe because you can't. And understand that you will never comprehend everything there is to know in this in this uh, body that you're in. So you have to get into that state of, like you are, meditation, relax, mm -hmm. be in coherence with all three of your body parts: there, your pineal gland, your heart, and your brain. And uh, you can make that happen. We're not shortchanged. The human race is so privileged to be a human race. I mean, we are. We're privileged to be here and to have the opportunity to experience all the stuff that we're experiencing. The key, though, is responding to it with love and compassion. If we don't do it that way, you're not going to help anything. You're going to hurt something if you go claiming yourself as a victim or something. So. I agree. Um, you know, with with this topic, with 
your book, um, you said you got to get outside your box a little bit. And so if this is hard for you to accept and you just don't want to, then, you know, you're kind of closing your mind off to possibilities that could solve this mystery for us, this phenomena. So rather than open arms, fully accepting this, do your due diligence, do your research, researchers, flesh and blood researchers, everybody. Um, Because as he said earlier, he doesn't want you to believe it just to believe it. He wants you to research everything he says for yourself, everything that you hear for yourself. And how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So you guys take little pieces, open, open up his book, read a chapter, digest it, ruminate on it. If it resonates, it resonates. If it doesn't, that's fine. But just try to get out of your box just a little bit. Just, just, just one thing. Just try one thing. See how it sits. Sit mm. with it. And then maybe take another bite. That's all I'm asking everybody to try to do instead of just shutting it down because it doesn't fit the narrative of what you think it should be. Correct. Very good. You got to say all that before I did. I know. <laughs> Cut you off. I'm sorry. No, no, that's good. Is there anything you want to add to that? Oh, uh, you did good. Oh, thank you. Uh, no, it's, it's like a parachute, you know, it only works if it opens. <laughs> It's true. That's a really good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. I tell people all the time, I'm sure my listeners are sick to death of hearing it, but a detective solving a murder, if he thinks this is the suspect and that's the person, he gets tunnel vision. He misses evidence that could lead to the actual suspect. We don't want tunnel vision. We want to use all the tools in our arsenal. And if we are shutting ourselves down to that, like we could be missing some good evidence there. Well, that's a good point. If you you have something bad happening in your life, you don't receive it as bad. You, you you chase out all the good that could be taking its place. So when when negative things are happening all around you, just stay happy. Stay it's hard to do yeah, sometimes, but it's hard. But it's a mindset that you need to adapt. And uh, I think when you do that, you're helping yourself and treat everything with love and compassion. Don't get mad at somebody because they a rock at you or something. It's their problem, not yours. And just help them out if you can. Give them the rock back. I agree. I think... I don't know if I give them a rock back or not. I don't think I give... I don't give people uh, second chances to hurt me, but I do give them... um, Well, then you know. You know more about them. You know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I tell people negativity is an addiction. um, And it's a very hard addiction to break. But once you do... Positive, positive thinking, positive mindset. It is the harder road, but it is the more worthwhile road. Um, I always give the analogy of, you know, when you were little and you had a pool. I don't know if anyone else had a little above ground pool or even stirring Kool-Aid. This is another one I give. You stir the Kool-Aid and then you try to go against the tide and it's hard. But when you get going, you keep going and that tide turns. That is positive thinking and negative thinking. You're going with the tide. It's negative. You have to reverse that flow. And when you do and you get it going, it gets easier and easier to be positive minded. Something, another example I used to give when I was, uh, I used to fly. Uh, I, I owned airplanes. I went up in Alaska and flew like those missions up there. And I give a talk to kids a lot. And I'd say, you know, if you got two little puppies and you feed one and you don't feed the other, but just enough to survives, the more you feed this one, the bigger he's going to get and the stronger he's going to get. So, Treat this as the positive puppy, and this is the negative puppy. Mm-hmm. The one you feed the most is the one that's going to grow bigger in your life. Absolutely. And that's Absolutely. a good example for little kids to hear. You know, 
whatever yeah. you feed the most is what's going to give it. Life. Yeah. That's what I tell my boys. I tell them, choose to be kind every day as they go right. to school. You know, I tell them, have a great day, make good choices and be kind every day. You have a choice and you can choose to be kind or you can choose to hit your little brother upside the head with a two by four. So why don't we choose to be kind and not cause brain damage for, yeah. you know, your, your little brother. Um, that is <laughs> honestly a daily thing. Oh, in my how, life. how far apart are your boys? I forgot. Three years. Three years. So they're seven and 11. And mm -hmm. boy, I tell you, I do not understand siblings, especially sibling brothers. You know, they are, they are vicious, but care about each other so much. Also, it's just, a, it's, you know, it's a very we're, weird we're, dynamic. we're, unfortunately, we are a warring species. Our whole species is a warring species, oh, and absolutely. boys especially growing up. And you know, there's some kind of a thrill that I used to hunt. It's just something that happens when you kill something. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and, yeah. and I stopped hunting when I seen the eyes. Of, well, I seen the eyes of the deer glaze over. I thought, you know, this this thing wasn't doing anything wrong. And then I, not that it's wrong if you're going to eat it. But I, right, we absolutely. did eat, but still my wife wouldn't eat it. So I, so. <laughs> There's no point. There's no joy in it anymore. <laughs> but also, I, I've, I've seen my mother's eyes glaze over when she passed her on. My mm -hmm. dad, too. I was in the room when they both passed. And, uh, we're all going to pass. We're all going somewhere, heading mm -hmm. somewhere. So it's important we do the best we can in this life to make things better for when we get out of this body mm -hmm. embodiment. I agree. I tell people it's very easy to be negative. It's very easy to hate. Um, mankind loves to do that. Uh, if you give us a reason to go to war, we will. Um, actually, war seems to band us together better than anything. If we don't have a war or something violent or, you know, to keep us busy, it seems like we just squabble and create problems. So <laughs> not to get into politics, but that's kind of how I feel. I feel like we're better when we're warring with something. Um, not that I hope it comes to that. But all right. So I think um, if anyone has another question, please post it now. I will give you 30 seconds and then I will call it a night. But um, I thank you again for coming on. It's been a really great show. Thank you. Yeah. I'm reading these things now too much. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> I, have, I have really great listeners. I brag about my listeners. I get a troll once in a blue moon. Um, I have a team of moderators and they're so bored they're so bored because my listeners, they, they practice what I preach. They're kind, they're kind and open-minded. And if they do have a problem with the guest, they just kind of move on to the next show, um, which is pretty nice. So yeah, I'm saying if I, if night colors is a cult, it's one of the good ones. Appreciate you invite me on Absolutely. my website. My website, if anyone wants to order my yes. books is a Ron Moorhead.com. See, you paid me back. You beat me to it. I didn't get to give my spiel. I just, I'm sure that our visitors do want to know where they can go to see your work and support you and get a copy of Quantum Bigfoot. If you are the, have been living under a rock and you have not gotten a copy of it yet, um, you can go to ronmoorhead.com and you can see um, not only does he post um, his adventures there and photos of that um, information on the Sierra Sounds and Quantum Bigfoot, uh, you can buy that copy there. He also does blog posts 
that talk a little bit about each of the things that we touched on tonight. So you can kind of get more information about that as well um, that you didn't get from this podcast, maybe. So uh, you guys, that is where you can connect with him. That is where you can support him. I'm having my website uh, worked on right now, so but it's still up. I think it's just <laughs> it, yeah, it's still up. I perused it earlier, um, but yeah, everything, everything can... I have is downloadable too. Yes, yes. So, um, I am. I love tactile books; they're my favorite. But I noticed that if it's not on my Kindle app, you know, I'm more likely to read it if it's on my Kindle app. So yeah, yeah, definitely available that way. Yeah. Yes. Good. All right. Well, I thank you so it, much for yeah. I think. Could it be possible that the two big friends are in the same area? Well, that's been answered. Yeah, we, we answered that one, Alan, um, earlier in the show. So he kind of goes into cloaking and he actually has an answer for that. So, um, it was I, antimatter, antimatter, Dr. Paul Dirac, antimatter, energy yeah. from energy to matter, from matter to energy is direct exchangeable according to quantum physics. Yes. Um, Alan always has great questions. He's been a longtime supporter of the show, so I'm very thankful for his questions. Um, Alan, he takes me back sometimes with his questions. He'll give me some like some questions that I've never. I, it makes me think, and I'm just like, oh man, you had to ask me that on live air. Ask me that before the show, so I have time to ruminate, and not look like I'm, you know, yeah. struggling. Also, over I get here. I get questions quite often from my website. You can contact me through my website. Yes. Too. Yes. Uh, Yes. Uh, so if you have follow up questions to this show or, or you know, um, I assume that your book, you know, I, I assume that through all your witness encounters, that goes a lot of into your book that makes you um, want to research different things and put those in Do you put encounters into into this new book? Are you putting encounters into this new book? Witness not reports? too many. No, I'm not, I'm not saying, unless they answer a question for somebody, you okay. know, I'm not trying to just uh, give reports like most books right. do. You know, right. Because, that doesn't interest somebody that's read all the books already. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like to give answers to questions if I right. can. And uh, people can, like you say, can either accept it or not. It's up to how yeah. it fits with them and how they're. I say just go by your heart feeling on anything. When you have a gut feeling, use that. Go with your mm -hmm. gut feeling, not with yeah. what your outside mind's been conditioned for. Because so many people have been conditioned so many different ways throughout this planet. And if everybody just go by their heart feeling, uh, we'd all get along better and they would know the right answer for everything. That's the spirit, the consciousness that works through every human being alive. They would just learn how to listen to it. I agree. I agree. I think that a lot of people, like you said, the pineal gland is kind of calcified over, but I think a lot of people, there's a big disconnect right here. I'm one of them. I will be completely honest. I'm one of them that um, my anxiety um, and this chakra kind of takes over yeah. where it doesn't connect to this one anymore. So, um, well, that's what meditation is all about though. Warren. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Is, is getting those things in coherence. So they're rhythmically working. Yes. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I try to and I try to do can, that every night, but <laughs> we, we can decalcify our, our cranial gland to a diet. You know. I would love to hear more about that. And I mean, if you're open to going into that a little bit, we have time. But well, it's just it's in my book. <laughs> oh well, okay. You know what? You sold me. Um. Well, the biggest biggest culprit is the fluoride. It, it, don't get toothpaste with fluoride in it, and don't eat, you know your water. A lot of times, all mm -hmm. your water's about got fluoride in it. So good. Yeah. water that's pure things like that you can read up on how to decalcify your okay. all right there you go folks 
buy his book strictly so uh, you can improve your diet and maybe see Bigfoot. You heard it here and, first. And medit meditate. meditate. And meditate, of course. Right. Be quiet. Be quiet. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much again for coming on tonight. You've been, it's been a phenomenal chat. Honestly, it's, I love, um, I call them bar chats. It's where you can just walk up to someone and just have just a full conversation with someone you've never met. And it's just, it's genuine, it's warm and it's real. Um, those are my favorite kind of chats, fireside chats, I guess they could be called also. Yeah. So thank you so much for being real with me tonight and having this conversation. I enjoyed it as much. I'm honored to be on you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. You guys don't forget to go check out his website, ronmoorhead.com and like, and subscribe this podcast right now. Um, also, I wanted to add real quick, it's the Falk Monster Camp out this weekend in Falk, Arkansas, Alex Smith Park. You guys go support them. And if you can't share their stuff, so someone might see it and go support them that's closer than you guys. So thank you all for being here tonight. Please drop a comment, leave a review, stay safe, be kind, and I'll see y'all next time. Thank you so much for listening. Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio is a Nightcaller's production, created and hosted by me, Lauren Smith. If you'd like to support the show further, you can share episodes with other believers and seekers of the truth. Leave a positive review or subscribe on whatever platform you're using to listen to the show. We also have merch. Visit the links on our Instagram and Facebook pages to check it out. Stay safe, be kind, and I'll see y'all next time.